Welcome to the Becoming Well podcast. Join Dr. Deb Gordon and Dr. Mary Hendrickson as they get real in wrestling with the topic of faith and mental health as we seek to understand what Jesus really means when he says, be well. Hey, Mary, how are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to go with that. I'm good. Um, Yeah. I feel the same way. So um, welcome to another episode of Becoming Well, uh, special edition the day after the presidential election. And we have a lot to talk about today, don't we? I'm just glad you're, you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. What a, what a night. Yeah. Yeah. What a night. And uh, so it looks like it might be what a week. So uh, I think this this edition is uh, probably, um, hopefully, is going to be well-timed for a lot of the listeners. Yeah, what a week, what a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was just thinking, actually, I, uh, I had a conversation last week with somebody. We want to talk today about how to care for your mental health uh, post-election. And it's interesting um, I was having this conversation last week, and I read this article. Actually, the APA, American Psychological Association, did a study in October um, in preparation for the election about how people were feeling, especially when it came to their stress levels. Mm. And what they found was that, you know, they're calling this probably one of the most divisive elections in decades, and I think mm-hmm. we can agree with that, sure. um, yep. that more than two-thirds of American adults say that this election is a significant source of stress in their lives. Mm. And so clearly this is impacting our mental health. But what's even more interesting is that when when they spoke specifically to Black adults, what they found that in comparison from 2016, where 46% reported the election as a significant source of stress, this year in 2020, 71%. We went wow. from 46 to, to 71 percent that's not shocking it's shocking but it's not it's not right it is yeah. and it's not yeah it's like you don't want to see those numbers but you see them and you're like well yeah that, that makes sense yeah and so what, we, what we're ultimately seeing is that three quarters of americans are saying that you know that their stress that the future of our nation is a significant source of stress for them and this mm-hmm. political climate is a source of stress so we want to talk today about how to deal with and protect our mental health right now you know, Deb, I I have been taking like uh, weekends every month. My husband puts me up in a hotel. I think a little bit it is self serving. Can I get in on that? Can I, get on I know, that? right? Can I get the room? <laughs> right? Can we? Can we? <laughs> oh my gosh! Do a, like so a, much fun. Right. We actually wouldn't get any work or anything. Done, that's true. We but. probably wouldn't rest either. So maybe that's a terrible idea. Anyway, so right. you're saying you stay in a hotel. I'm so jealous. Yes, yeah, so I stay in a hotel, a hotel like uh, for a couple of days once a month. And that's for restoration, uh, focusing on things that I've been working on, just, you know, just getting away. It's still in the city, but it's for me to just disconnect. And I usually have a loose plan, you know, and the loose plan is, you know, it's the number one thing is self-care and whatever self-care looks like for me, which oftentimes is writing. I love writing, uh, uh, maybe just thinking of reading scripture, just different things that I just do not feel like I make time for or, or even have time for. 
which I believe we all can have time for self-care. So I just want to make sure at least twice a month that I am intentional about that. But I say all that because I came up with five self t- self-care tips for myself when I wrote this so that I can be accountable during the elections. And this was before, you know, it's all been the election se- uh, season, but this is, this was before the elections, before t- November 3rd, before, you know, and then after. So I came up with these five self-care tips that I said, I'm going to hold to because this will hopefully help me uh, stay at peace and stay centered in and stay uh, close to God during this time. Cause that's where my peace, that's where our peace is, right? Yeah. Amen. Our Absolutely. peace is there yeah. and we can get caught up in, I can get caught up. I'll say I'll own it. I can get caught up in all of the stuff going on around, right. In in all of our opinions and all of our feelings and all of our and bitterness and anger and experiencing all of those emotions that I experience. And I yeah. oscillate those emotions. Absolutely. I'll own that too. I definitely get caught up in it. Yes. You know, and it's not, um, it's not difficult to get caught up in it. So I just came to a point where I said, I cannot do this any longer. My peace is at stake and not my peace just for the simple fact that, you know, some people just, well, I, I want peace for, uh, so I can stay close to God, so I can stay focused, so I can know what move to do next and what to say when I need to say it. Not just mm-hmm. peace because I'm just tired of it and I'm just, um, which I am, you know. But <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest, you know. But also a productive peace, something that comes out of productivity Ooh, and productivity like based on what God wants me to do, not our productivity that we think of in the world. Right. Yeah. And where God, my productivity from God may say, you know, you need to sit down. I always say, you know, sat down somewhere, not sit down, like <laughs> sat down. You That meaning you supposed to have sat down a long time ago. Right? <laughs> and that might be what God wants me to do. So anyway, I'm taking notes, by the way. So I'm ready for this wisdom. I'm going to, I'm, I'm got my notepad out here. You got your notepad out? Oh, I yeah. posted it too. So I was like, I don't know if God wants people to hear this, but it's, it's, it's working for me. It's holding me accountable. So the first one I have is mind your boundaries. Mm. Remember we talked about that on Insight Live, right? Mind your boundaries, set a limit of what you will discuss. Yeah. Right. And one of the things that I've learned is to use one-liners. Sometimes I don't know what to say. You know, I'll talk about, like, I'll have a plan of uh, maybe uh, having to approach someone about something. And I always worry about what to say if they say this. But have a one-liner, such as, I'm not discussing politics right now. Yeah, I'm not. You know, and if they continue to, you have to be careful because people, when you start setting boundaries, people have to adjust as well. And oftentimes they're not, they're, they don't jump on that adjustment adjustment train too fast. So you might have to say it repeatedly, right? Yeah. I have I'm a one-liner that I What's use. Your one-liner? Oh my gosh. I use it for everything, but I use it for myself. Because I think yeah. sometimes, you know, we, we start, we say something and we start judging and that, that typically doesn't help, right? That uh, escalates our emotions. So right. my one-liner, which I think you can apply in most situations, is how about that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right? I mean, you got to be careful because you could be like, well, how about that? And, and your tone of voice can <laughs> right. certainly. But like, think about it. Like, what do you actually say to that? If you say that to somebody, how about that? Yeah. Like, yeah. it kind of shuts the conversation down. 
right. in a way that, that just acknowledges you said something interesting or, you know, I don't know, <laughs> pro- provocative, but um, I don't want to go there. So that, how right. about that? It's like, is it a statement or a question? Like, and so they don't know what to say. I just throw people off, of course. <laughs> well, it's funny because my daughter would always say, Mom, when she was younger, she said, why when you ask a teacher a question and they're thinking really hard about the question, they go like this, huh. And I'm <laughs> saying, <laughs> but that is a, actually a good response sometimes where if they yeah. say something like, huh. <laughs> right? Because then people don't know what to say to that. You can have one liners and you don't have to engage. But the key is when we're minding our boundaries is that we don't engage that. Like you said, we don't get caught up in that. Right. Yeah. What we um, often do is that people will say stuff. And because we came in assuming that that one line is going to work at that moment, uh, we don't come in with our guard. I don't even want to say our guard up in a in a unhealthy way, but with our boundaries firm and set. So sometimes, yeah. we'll say, you know, if I say, you know, I'm not talking about politics right now. And they may say, well, what about this? And God said this and such and such said this on this station. That could trigger a lot. But we have Ooh. to make sure that we are intentional and dedicated to our boundaries. Right. Yeah, it's it's being prepared, right? So it's we go into those conversations if we're not prepared. And I love mm-hmm. that because you said earlier, right? Peace mm-hmm. for you is also being prepared. Mm-hmm. So we go in with with boundaries and and a one liner. And when we hear something that incites our emotions, mm-hmm. because these kind of conversations do, mm-hmm. we have a response that kind of dials down the intensity of those emotions. But doesn't completely reject or walk away from or fight in defensiveness with the person we're engaging with. This is good. Perfect. Absolutely. Let's go to number two. That was well said. I'm going to leave it there. The second one is mind your body, right? Mind your body. The body and the mind are not separate. What affects one affects the other. So when before we recorded, uh, you said that you just went to sleep. You know, we we're talking about how we've been watching the elections and so forth. And you said, you just went to sleep. I love that. (laughs) I absolutely love that because that's part of minding your body, your rest and eating healthy and drinking water and going for walks, doing things that will nurture your body is going to have an effect on how you, uh, how you, um, respond to things, your Mm -hmm. emotional levels, right? If I'm eating junk, which I love sugar, you guys. Oh, and but, we just came off of Halloween, which regardless of whether uh, or not you celebrate it, somebody's going to give you candy. Somebody's going to give There's you candy. There's so much candy available right now. Right. I sat there with my daughter eating Swedish fish for like 10 minutes straight and we could not put the, the bowl down. So, right. So I say that saying we... There's a high and then you you crash. And oftentimes that can cause irritability. You can feel depressive symptoms, right? Where you feel lethargic and sad and emotional. And that is the effect of sugar oftentimes. Yeah. I don't want to come off as a nutritionist, but we have to understand that it is important that we take care of our body so that we can actually be prepared and be ready. That's part of our preparation of being able to stay firm during these turbulent times and these unprecedented times. We can't expect to uh, 
have one part be disengaged from the other and and not uh, have one respond to the other, right? Yeah, so not feel the effects that of that. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so interesting. I, I think I've, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I have a kind of a, a discipline of walking to work every day. And since the pandemic good. hit, you know, we've been, we were obviously quarantined for a while. And then now we're sort of in this limbo stage of like, some there are some restrictions and others not so I work from home some days and I and I don't others but I got out of my routine of walking and so even as I've started coming back into the office more I'm not like my my body and my mind are not disciplined to that time yeah. frame that I need to to leave the house to walk and so the other day I was like gosh I really want to prioritize walking tomorrow and so I got everything ready and set my you know alarm for an appropriate time and I walk to work and it made such a difference. Like yeah. that physical exercise, that time for my mind to clear up my day yes. was so different. And it was such a great reminder, exactly what you said, that physical exercise, that, you yeah. know, that, that getting outside, being in the sun, which we don't get as much this time of year in Chicago, <laughs> right. and it's been unseasonably warm and sunny. So mm-hmm. it's so true. And we we constantly say, I don't have time to do that. But I, I find for me, when I make sure that I save that time to care for myself physically, mm-hmm. all of the other things that I oftentimes say, you know, whether intentionally or not, this needs to take priority or I let it infringe on my time to care for my physical body through exercise and mm-hmm. um, and healthy eating, all those other things actually become a lot easier to manage and take a lot yes. less time because I'm more focused and my mind's clear. Absolutely. There, you know, and it's so interesting that you say that because it's this idea of when we talk about time and if we don't have time, but it's the idea of competing commitments, right? Is what I talk about. And when we talk about like dissonance, right? We, you, you, you do what's more important to you. Even if you really care about your health and you really care about self-care and you really care about clearing your mind, but you don't do it. Even though we think that we care about that more than the other our behavior shows which one th- that we care about most, right? So, so that's that's the the part of that when we talk about self care is that do we really care about caring for ourselves because our behavior isn't showing that? So we really have to be intentional of saying, you know what, self care is going to be at the forefront so that everything else can fall in line, like you said, right? Yeah. yeah. Even if I get up and I've been trying to drink water in the morning because I'm always I'm trying to stay hydrated, you know, and drink water. And I get up and I drink water first thing in the morning. That changes even the way that I eat throughout the day, right? Or if, as opposed to if I get up and I drink coffee, although coffee is a, is, is, is always a very, very close second or first sometimes. But, but as I'm sitting if, here with my coffee cup. With your coffee, right? I'm a huge coffee drinker. But even if I start off my day with something like you said, all the other things that you said that, that, or I said that I didn't have time for absolutely. It falls in line, right? It starts to align with the things that are more healthy. You make healthier decisions. So that's very important because then, like you said, your day is more productive. Your mind is clear. So when you have to make decisions based on something that might trigger you, or someone may come in with a lot of, uh, something that you have might have to handle because you're in a position Deb, that 
Um, well, we both are, but you're really in a position where there's a lot of things that you have to put out a ton of fires, right? But often, but <laughs> no. if so, if you walk, no, not you. But if you walk to work, like you said, and your mind is clear, I would imagine chances are that you're able to handle it. Yeah. Better, you know. Yeah. You know, honestly, we have this um, this intentionality in our counseling program because self-care is a huge part of what as counselors we need to do. Right. And right. It, it, to me, and, and what I hear you saying is it's a discipline. It has to be almost a spiritual yes. discipline. There and so is. we're trying to kind of change the terminology of self-care to mm. self-stewardship so that Ooh. we actually feel like this is what God has commanded us. I love to do, it. Right. And caring for, for our bodies, which is, you know, the Holy temple yes. um, that, that we, that we actually, um, engage in the practice of self-stewardship. Yeah. self Loving ourselves. So let me tell you yes. what, 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 uh, uh, me and someone was talking about. We, the, the, the scripture, uh, love thy neighbor as yourself. Right. And yeah. when we talk about love and we talk about caring for, for, and being loving and caring, when we look at that scripture, what do we do? We usually look at the latter part of the scripture and we say, okay, I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm mm-hmm. going to care for my neighbor. I'm going to treat my neighbor well, but here's the kicker. There's an assumption that we love ourselves. Ooh, that's so good. That's so good. Right. So the problem is oftentimes we look at the latter and assume we can do that without caring for ourselves first. Yep. 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 And And frankly, it's a bit horrifying for me to think about if I really loved my neighbor as I loved myself. I don't think my neighbors would like me very much. You and th- thank you, thank you. That's that's real, Deb. That's yeah. what we're talking about, right? If we really so that so how much more? How much more do we really have to think about how we treat ourselves? Yeah, how we treat so ourselves true. because that is going to be a direct correlation to how we treat others. So that is even more. That's even more of an argument of of self care, right? Mm. Oh, Absolutely. that's so good. Okay, so we have mind your boundaries, mind your body. And then mind your thoughts. So mind that convicted right now. Listen, I wrote these out of conviction. Okay. (laughs) But have we have this idea that I'm gonna stop doing this? Like let's say that I'm gonna walk every day, I'm going to eat right, I'm not going to uh, I'm gonna set my boundaries, we're gonna do all of those things. But it's a term called counter conditioning, right? You cannot empty things that are out of your mind and then leave it like that. You have to replace it with something healthy, right? When we replace, when we are having this internal dialogue, oftentimes we can say, well, I'm not doing this and I'm setting boundaries, but are you still healthy in your mind? What do your thoughts look like? Because this is my conviction, Deb. This is what happens with me. I'm not going to be on social media because I don't want to hear all of the different uh, things going on with the election and everybody's opinion. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to turn it on. But then I just kind of go about my day or I just kind of sit there and guess what happens? I just have a TV and an internal dialogue and social media in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't replace it with anything. It's Mary Graham. <laughs> it's Mary Graham. Right? <laughs> oh, can I be your friend on Mary Graham? I think you we'd can. Have <laughs> I only have room for like one more person. There's a lot of people in there. So. 
I made the cut. <laughs> you made the cut. <laughs> but we will oftentimes have this internal dialogue thinking that we're, we're choosing self-care because we cut off one system. We also have the system. We also have the system in our mind, right? That we have to say, okay, I, this external piece is being guarded, but how are you with the internal piece? So when you are uh, cutting off some things externally or people or conversations, you have to cut off that conversation in your head as well if that's not healthy. So how do we replace it with healthy conversations? And so what I've been doing since I wrote this, because I've been trying not, I've been trying to practice what I preach, is I will wake up. And you know, you wake up and it's all of these thoughts. I, my head just cannot stop spinning. I will wake up (laughs) and I will, I will start with just a quiet time and then start reading scripture, even if it's just one scripture, right. And just replace it with meditating, um, on the word, replace it with, okay, Lord, let me start off this day giving you the praise. And there's a joke that we always say, like black people always say, you know, okay, Jesus, like, like Jesus is, he's always with us, but we're talking to him. Like it would be like our imaginary friend everywhere we go. Right. And at first I used to kind of laugh about that, but I have started to do that because it keeps me centered on him without reverting back to all of these internal discussions and toxic conversations that I have with myself or people that I didn't have a, a conversation where I should have had with. So lately I've been, you know, okay, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm going to start this podcast. Just work with a sister, you know, or <laughs> okay, Lord, buckle up. I'm about to start driving, you know, <laughs> and just having that reminder that he's there. Right. And so the point of that is that when we talk about minding your thoughts, are we minding our internal thoughts um, and not, uh, you know, as much as we're minding the external things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we sometimes, we might have to do that like every, every second, like I'm just thinking about, right? So like I have the thought, um, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, that person, I really, they're they're selfish or whatever judgmental thought is in my head. And I might have to go, wait a minute, hold on. And then replace it with a more productive thought. And it might just pop right back around. It's kind of like if you have been watching the news, right? All of those ticker tapes Mm -hmm. at the bottom where you Mm -hmm. see everything outside of the talking head coming back around over and over again, Mm -hmm. we have to keep replacing it. You know, just for, just to, kind of add, add to that. Um, I had an internal conversation with myself this morning around social media, just like you were saying, or around media in general, I woke up and first thing in my head was, Ooh, I wonder what's happened since mm-hmm. last night. Right. Cause we, we don't know the outcome of this election and I'm curious and I like to follow this information. And mm-hmm. so I, I got on my phone and I was looking through everything and I said, wait a minute, you have made a commitment to not start your day this way. Like you've made a commitment to, you know, have some quiet time, wake yourself up and then spend time in scripture. And I still didn't get off my phone, full confession. And then I had this conversation and this was really helpful for me. It was kind of like a real aha moment because, you know, um, apps and, and our phones and social media, they've been created to keep us dialed in, right? Like it gives us a dopamine rush. Yes. And so I, yeah, it is. It's a drug. And, and, and Silicon Valley knows this, like legitimately, this is how they are creating apps. Mm -hmm. They are creating apps with clicks, you know, associated to them. But Mm -hmm. so I, I stopped and I said out loud, Deb, this is not what you want. Mm. This is your mind playing tricks on you. Mm -hmm. You want to spend time in the word. You don't want to be on 
social media right now. Yeah. And I don't know, it was kind of like a Jedi mind trick. (laughs) Of course, the strong with me this morning. And it worked. Like I legitimately was like, yes, Deb, this is right. I'm literally having this conversation. Somebody there would have thought I was crazy. So I put my phone down and I opened up the word of God. And I actually opened up and was reading, because I read through the Bible every year. This is my discipline and my, and my plan, and I have a plan I follow. And it just so happened that today was uh, Psalm 136, which is like, I mean, talk about perfect timing, because it's like, you know, this is what we, the Israelites, like, this is what we go through. And the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And this is what we go through. Yes. And the steadfast love of the, and so I said to myself, that is going to be my 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 mantra for the day is when those thoughts come into my head and those yes. anxieties and those fears, yes. I'm going to replace it with, and the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. So ooh, yes. this is good. good. Wait, can my I mind. share my scripture? So I'm going to share my scripture. Ooh, yeah. that I'm, re- I'm replacing when I have, when I have the Mary grandma. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I was drawn to Philippians 4, 4 through 13, right? The the rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, mm-hmm. rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. But this is the part. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends, transcends all understanding will guard your heart's mind in, in Christ Jesus. And then the finally brothers, whatever, you know, the whatever is noble, whatever is right, et cetera. This is, especially when we talk about anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And I have heard, and I have read, I've known the scripture. This is one of the first scriptures that I remember that I would meditate on, but isn't it so wonderful of how God is, he uses his word through all situations. It never gets old or, or expires. Right. And he led me to that where you are going to be strong and stand and not be anxious through all of this storm. And also uh, there's a song from Donnie McClurkin and he's one of my favorite gospel artists and it's called stand. And it goes kind of with Philippians 413, where it's just like, after you've done all you can just stand. If you voted and whoever you voted for, that's not the issue, but you've done all you can to be able to love your brothers and sisters through the election or whatever the reason, whatever you did during this time, even physically where you voted or you, uh, you know, participated in this, participated in that, and you felt a, a conviction that you should have done that, that's all you can do. Now we have to stand. Ooh, that's right? good. Yeah. We have to stand and we have to not, we can't be anxious about that. And that is not, you said something really good where it's this discipline. It's a discipline, right? It is, we have it's to a be, discipline. Even when we talk about counseling now, Deb, when we talk about counseling and you're planning goals with the counselee, what's the main thing? We have to be specific and intentional. Yep. We can't, they have to be specific and intentional. They can't just say, you know what? Okay, well, I'm just going to read the bird two hours a day and <laughs> at 6 a.m. Knowing yeah, I'm Darwin, just going to reduce my anxiety. That's my goal. I'm just going to reduce my anxiety. That's, exactly. That's <laughs> no specific plans. How are you going to do that? First of all, you're getting up at six in the morning. You just said you work the graveyard shift. Right. And, right? You're going to get up. You're not a morning person, right? How is that going to work? So that discipline, like you said, is so... Um, important. So when we're looking at the scriptures that God put on our heart to replace and counter condition the things that we uh, threw uh, that we you know dumped out of our mind, we have to have that 
discipline to continue to meditate on that and not expect it to be this miracle drug for one a one-time deal, right? And yeah. expect our anxiety to go down. Oh, yeah. it takes time. It takes I always use the metaphor of my my grandfather was a wheat farmer mm. and um we used to go to the farm every summer and I used to help him get the get the ground ready for planting. And yeah. um one time we were walking back and we there was a path, right? There's a path in the ground and I was like, what happens if you're out in the you know, I'm probably eleven years old. I don't know. What if what happens if you're out in the wheat field and you can't find the farmhouse? And mm. he's like, Well this path, you can't actually it, it, it like the soil has changed so much from years of of walking this path that you can't actually plant it's not conducive to to seeds planting which is such a biblical metaphor right and I just I just but to me it was like so not obviously not then I was probably like oh okay cool let me go you know ride a (laughs) three-wheeler or something (laughs) but now I think about I'm like that's how our mind works right we we create these pathways these neural pathways and we reinforce them over time it's kind of like if you think about if you go bowling you've got a gutter ball that ball once it gets in the gutter it's not going anywhere else and so we have to we have to reprogram our mind so that you're right I love this it's a discipline it takes Mm -hmm. intentionality and consistency yeah and you hit something on the head just for in terms of just understanding the mind in terms of neuroscience that we've talked about this in the past and on our insight live um, so forth. But that is actually true, right? We have the ability to re- reprogram a reef, you know, it's called plasticity to kind of reconstruct our minds. We just have to let our minds know that there's another route, yeah, <laughs> right? right? Our brain right. is going to go the same way it goes all the time. I'm somebody who drives the same exact route all the time, right? My husband is going to go the fastest route. He will take risks. He will jump over cars to get there the quickest, right? Me, I, I even if it takes me longer, I will go the same exact route because that is just the way uh, that that alleviates all of my anxiety, right? Totally. But, we're creatures of habit. We want the right, path of least resistance. The, the path of least resistance can oftentimes be, sometimes be the unhealthiest. Yes. Right? That's so true. So I might want to go the same way that all that I always want to go, regardless if my GPS is saying, don't go that way because there's construction, there's an accident, there's this, but I still want to go the same way because that's the way that causes me the least anxiety because I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what the, the, the other streets, but oftentimes we have to be able to tell our brain, we're going to form new streets and pathways yeah. and roads and our, and, and let, you know, and, and let the brain know that it's not uh, a threat, right? This that fight or flight thing. It's not a threat. And so our brain then says, oh, okay, this can alleviate anxiety, even though it's new, if we continue to have that discipline to make those new roads, right? Does that, did that, did that, um, did that totally make sense? I might <laughs> even say it's something like embracing uncomfortable, shameless plug oh, for my book. I love it. Amazon oh, and Moody Publishers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I love this. Okay. So we've got minding your, minding your boundaries, minding your mind, minding, sorry, minding your boundaries, minding your body, minding your mind. What's mm-hmm. next? And then we have minding your importing others. Ooh. Importing others. We can get so caught up into everything else that we have beautiful people in our surroundings, people that need our energy, they need our love, they need our attention, right? Maya Angelou said, if you have only, if you only have one smile in you, give it to the people you love. And I love that because sometimes we get so caught up in everything around us that we only have one smile to give and 
because we're not being intentional about being loving towards the people around us. We might give away that smile to someone else and then come home and give the people that we love all of the garbage that we collected from the outside. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's gonna, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it's, it's living according to what we value most. Yes. Right. And that's, that's why it's important that we have to make sure that we don't let the external cause us to be so uh, distracted that we're not paying attention to the things that are important. You know, Mm -hmm. there are times, and this is, you know, how we rock with the transparency that I will come home and I will yell at Amaya over something. Now it might be something that she needs to know, or I need to make sure she is aware of, but my reaction to that oftentimes does not match the context of the situation when I have allowed social media or the elections or, you know, all of these things to flood my mind and make me angry or make me fearful or make me um, tired where I, I, I get, I, I've been, it's that displacement, right? It's that, 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 you know, quintessential example of you can't yell at your boss, you go home and kick your dog. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's that, that type of thing. Right. Or I'll be super grumpy with Craig and he did nothing. He did nothing. Right. Thank God. This is, this is the great part about it, but this is also the sad part about it. Thank God that we have so that I have people in my life that love me so much that it's a safe space that they won't reject me, but that's, still not fair to them, right? In terms of that. So minding the important others, do what you have to do. If you only have one piece of energy left in you, don't waste it on social media. Don't waste it on arguing with somebody on Instagram about who should be the person elected because Christians this and Christians that I'm speaking specifically to Christians. Come on, y'all. Yeah. We, we have to make sure that we don't get caught up in that because we have to look at the bigger part of that in, in terms of minding important others. I want to come home and I want my daughter to have my attention. I want my daughter to say, mom, can we go somewhere? She did that the other day. And I said, Amaya, I'm not tired. I got things to do. And she literally texts me and she was just like, you don't like hanging out with me anymore. And some of that was, I think some of that was a little manipulation, but some of that was, I can, the, the idea that I'm always saying I'm tired. I'm always saying I'm irritated. I'm always saying Mm -hmm. I can't And so what I did, I said, you know what, I'm gonna get up tomorrow morning and I will not turn on the TV. I woke that girl up and I was like, come on, let's go to Starbucks because she loves going to Starbucks. I said, let's rock. Let's roll before you have to start your class, before I have to start my classes. So I so I had to be intentional about giving her my attention, giving my husband my attention and not giving it to people, not giving it, listen to me when I say this, not giving it to people that are intent on misunderstanding you. Mm, ooh, that's good. <laughs> say that one more time. Not giving your energy or attention to people that are intent on misunderstanding you. Yeah. Facebook we get trolls. sucked into that. Yes. We get sucked into that. I do. Yes. I do too. And and you're right. It's We have to be mindful of the reality that if we give that attention to that person, we're losing giving that attention someplace else, which is exactly what you're saying. And so when we're more conscious of that decision, then, Mm -hmm. then we're kind of forced with the reality of owning that. Right. Mm -hmm. So here you were faced with, you know, faced with the reality that, that, that exhaustion, that tiredness was affecting your relationship with your daughter. 
And, and it caused you to own it and say, my priority, my value is my family, but my choices aren't aligning with that. So I need to reorient myself to what's most important to me. Well, that's so good. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go to the last one. The last one is, so let's review real quick. So we got mind your boundaries. Number two, mind your body, mind your thoughts or mind your mind. Uh, and mind your important others. And the last one I have is mind your focus, right? Do not let others disrupt your commitment to your peace. You got to be committed to peace. I have a shirt that I told I told you earlier, Deb. I have a shirt on that I order. And the shirt says, do not disturb my peace, my joy, my grind, my whole entire vibe. <laughs> okay? I love that, it. I right? that's, that's so married too, right? Just the whole sassiness of it. But I'm dead serious. Okay? We, <laughs> I... I, Deb, I have to be honest, like I, I got to a point where I said, I won't be able to heal of past trauma. I won't be able to heal of, or, or, or experience, uh, transformation, experience, uh, sanctification. If I continue to let others into my physical or my mental space that don't belong there. Mm, yeah. Right. I, I put on the 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 self-care. You do not have to engage with anyone who, again, is de- dedicated to misunderstanding you. Right. That was that part in, in that one. So to to. To make sure that you have that fence of, listen, this is what I will not allow because I am dedicated to experiencing healing and I can't experience healing and transformation and uh, uh, peace with God in a, a stronger relationship with the Lord. If I allow you to dictate how the, if I, if I allow you to dictate when I should leave the door open and when I should leave the door closed. Right. Mm, yeah. And I say that because there was a time for me that I didn't have the courage to do that. I, I felt like everyone had the permission to have access to me. And it, that comes out of a long line of a whole lot of stuff for me, but you know, I would think that that that's selfish if I do this or, or do that, knowing that's not my personality type, first of all, like I really enjoy being by myself. So for, to feel like everyone had access to me was stressful for me. Oh, I bet exhausting. Exhausting, right? You were so sweet. I have to do a side note. You and Patty were so sweet. We have another, a really, really, really good friend, Patty. And when I spoke at Progressive and you guys saw me speak and then I had to speak again. And I remember going, getting off of this, the, uh, the, the, the pulpit and, and you, and you guys were so like, like you are probably so exhausted, right? You totally knew me. I was not hyped. I was not. I was. I was exhausted. Right? You put you you put your energy out there, and yeah. I mean, I think what you give to others, I've seen that. I see that. I, I have the the privilege of getting to see what you give to students and what you give to you know our administration and uh, where we work and what you give to others, what you give to me. And, and you're right. Yeah. That, that needs to be protected. It needs to be protected. And, and it's, and it, what it takes is courage, right? Mm-hmm. I had to realize what it takes is uh, my therapist asked me this one day. He said, Mary, um, you, you tend to, it, it's okay that you want to be there for others. It's okay that you want to be available to others, but you're doing it and you're sacrificing yourself. You're not honoring yourself. That's how he put it. You, you're mm-hmm. not honoring yourself, right? There's no honor 
and saying, I'm going to put myself and my being aside so that I can serve you, especially, and there's, there, now don't get me wrong, because there, 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 when we do have to put who we are, and there's oftentimes that we have to put ourselves aside to be able to work for the Lord, even if we're tired. I'm not saying that, but I was doing it out of fear of rejection, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I was doing it out of fear of being alone is what we unpacked and discovered. I was doing it out of fear of somebody being upset at me. And that's part of rejection. And so I would sacrifice my peace. He said, it's one thing if you're trying to make peace with other, uh, you're trying to create peace around you, but then you go home and you have all this chaos within you. Do you know totally. what I mean? That's, oh, that's, yeah. not, that's not, con- that's incongruous. Yeah. It's, I mean, and what I hear you saying, and I struggle with this too. I mean, I, I say yes to things because ultimately what it comes down to is, I've got my identity all wrapped up in that. Like, I want you to see me as accomplished. I want you to see me as capable. I want you to see me as reliable. And so I say yes to the detriment of my own self-care and self-stewardship. And then I feel, yeah, completely out of whack because it's my identity. I'm, I'm in my mindset. I'm basically saying, here's my identity. You get to hold it. And that's not even remotely close to how God designed us, right? He says, your identity starts and stops with being with made me. in the image of God. That's it. That's with right. me. Yeah. That's right. And that is, you know what? And I love that you said that. It's like, here you go. Here's my identity. Tell me how I'm doing, you know? And I literally, and, it, and I will be honest with you, Deb, it's, it's, it's day number six on this because it really, I was really convicted about it where I could just, you know, sometimes God allows us to just get so tired and exhausted that we can't do anything but go to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just I cannot do this anymore in my head. I'm worrying about people. I'm worrying about how I'm looking as a black woman, as a professor, as this and that. All of these hats that I wear and giving other people the permission to define that. And I couldn't do it anymore. I literally sat there. I was in tears and I was like, I can't do that anymore because I'm losing myself. We know that there's and there's there was this little little part in me that was just like, I know myself and that's not it. That's not it. I wasn't congruent when I said this, but then I I was when I was feeling a certain way, but I told you something different so that I can please you. That felt gross. That felt yucky. That felt bad because I lied to myself and I also lied to you as my brother or sister. Do you know what I mean? And so I had to get the courage to say no. I had to get the courage to say, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I don't have the courage to discuss, excuse me, I don't have the space to discuss this right now. If you want to talk about this at a later time, maybe we can. There are a couple of people that I literally said, you know what, I'm not discussing this right now you know, and had to be, and, and it was fearful at first where, you know, cause it was, it was actually someone that I am in a really close relationship with, um, in my, my primary family out of my, my mom and my sisters, right. Where I just had to say something that I usually don't set those type of boundaries. Let me give you the really quick example that I did with the Maya. And that was hard too, because I have my, you know, I struggled with my identity struggle with my identity as being a mom. That's part of one of the things that you know, I struggle with in terms of identity. And so as I'm working on, um, my boundaries, uh, I'm working on my boundaries as being a mom, because one of my fears was she's going to hate me. She's going to this, she's going to say I'm a horrible mom. She's going to need counseling and which is fine. Cause I got colleagues that are, <laughs> You started that fun the day she was born. You're like, I right. got you. I'm right. I got you. Because I, I know I'm a mess up. But one of the things is that I'm fearful that I'm going to mess her up, quote unquote. And mm. 
but 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 God was like, no, you are you are setting your boundaries. So this, so I was at the store. Bear with me, you guys. I was at the store, and Amaya loves to ask me for things over and over and over again after I say no. And if it's something very little, or if it's something that I'm just kind of t- I'm too tired, I'll just be like, okay, whatever. I'll say no, and then I'll be say I'll say okay, whatever. To completely just um just foregoing my boundaries, right? And my boundaries for her to teach her different things. And so as I was walking in the store, I said, uh, she said, mom, can you get me some Oreos? Right. And I said, okay, I'll get you a small package of Oreos. It's fine. You know, she did good in cross country. So I said, I'll get you a little small package of Oreos. She was like, no, the big pack. I said, for who? For yourself? And she said, no, just the big pack because I'll eat it throughout the week, which she is working on self, uh, self-awareness because she will eat the whole pack. Right. So I said, I'm not buying one. I feel you. (laughs) Right. To be honest, she got it from her mama. And, but I told her, I was like, I'm not eating sweets right now. I don't want any. So you're not going to, your dad doesn't eat sweets. We're not sharing it. And so I get this long text of why she should get Oreos. And then the end of the text says, you just don't like me. You're not this, you're not that. Right. And that was a part Mm -hmm. of manipulation. And my first thought was, to, to, to engage in an argument, right? And this is even with my daughter. She was intent on not understanding me because she wanted what she wanted. So this even had to go with my daughter. And I said, I didn't say anything. And I paused. I kid you not. I was literally walking. I remember I was walking in the aisle of the tomatoes because I was getting tomatoes. And I said, you will not. Ma-. I literally said it because I had to say it out loud or not out loud, but I had, I text her. I said, you will not manipulate me. I said a small package. This is your last time that we will talk about so she started texting back and texting back. So guess, so I came home and guess what she got? She had the big pack. She got nothing. She got nothing. She got oh, nothing because I was thinking she was buying the Oreos, but now, yeah, I remember. I'm no, sorry. You're buying the Oreos. You're being Oreos. Yeah, she got nothing because I felt I was being manipulated and taken yeah. out of what I, because I wanted to make sure stick with what you said earlier, you know, with what I believe to be true. And I want her to, you know, it's important that we teach our children, you know, to be able to say, when you get out into the real world, you're not going to get what you want by manipulation. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's going to have to start with me. So it was a dual kind of lesson. My point with that is when we talk about not engaging and minding our focus and being committing to our peace, it may have to start with people that are closer to you and you have to be committed to that. And it takes courage because she cried like a baby. We laughed about it later because we were like, that was so not about the Oreos for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm gonna make a book like that is it's, it's not about the Oreos. Am I in the Oreos? Oh, I love it. It's not about right. the Oreos. Right. But it was this idea of, oh my God, when she started weeping because I didn't bring her the Oreos, she was like, why? And this I said, and I explained this to her. But it just hurt my ears like you're a bad mom. That was not necessary. And all this kind mm. of self-talk. But it wasn't that. It wasn't that. I wasn't a bad mom. I wasn't used to setting boundaries with my daughter and she wasn't used to me setting that type of boundary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it takes courage. Anyway, yeah, it does. Yeah. But you know, and just to, just to kind of bring it home there. I mean, I I love the other picture in that is the people that you invest in those that are important to you. Yes, they're going to react. I mean, I I can think of times when I've reacted to other people's boundaries and they've reacted to mine. That's, that's perfectly normal. And we need to give others the opportunity and permission to feel their feelings, right? Just because we set a boundary and it's a healthy thing for us doesn't mean others don't also get to have their feelings related to that. So when you're in a healthy relationship with somebody like you are with your daughter, 
there comes a point where you can have a conversation and they know at your at their core who you are, right? She yeah. knows that you are her mom and you love her and um, and you care for her and you have her best interest in mind. So this is good. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. All right. So, yes. so you just gave five tips. I took notes. I hope our listeners take notes. Being mindful of our boundaries, being mindful of our bodies, being mindful of our minds, being mindful of the important people in our life and being mindful of the others in our life. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. Did yeah. I get those? Did I get those? Right? The last one is mind your, be mindful of your focus. Like mind, mind your, your focus. focus. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mind your focus. Um, I love it. Oh, that's so good. I hope this is, this is a blessing to me. So if, if nobody else, I've got a new practice and discipline to enhance my self stewardship now. And, you know, this is a time to do it. We want as, as believers, especially it is critical that we care for our mental health because we do need to be a light in this world now more than ever. And, and we can't do that if we're not, um, as you said, loving ourselves in the way that we want to love our neighbors. Yeah, absolutely. And during, during such, such, you know, uh, times that we're living in, it's okay not to engage in certain conversations if it's disrupting your, your relationship with Christ and how he wants you to, I always say how he wants you to move, right? Yeah. If we're doing it out of our flesh, um, 99.9, actually a hundred percent of the time, if we're doing it out of our flesh, it, we didn't. It wasn't instructed by God. Yeah, <laughs> so true. You know, it might work out. It was like, okay, woo, thank you, Lord. But um, and and I just can't. I, I I want to make sure that I'm not reacting based on my uh, my own agenda. Oh, I don't like that word, my own feelings and my own stances and all that kind of stuff, but just reacting, uh, I can still be angry cause I believe in emotions, right? Oh, yeah. Jesus over you know, but, but reacting in a way that's productive towards ourselves, toward, towards God, towards ourselves and towards others. Do you know what I mean? That it's productive, that it's, yeah. that it's saying, okay, this, in the storm, where do you want me to hide? Where do you want me to hide? And it's always to him. And then tell me where you want me to go. Yeah. After the storm or, or, or during the storm. That's I don't good. know if that makes, does that make sense? Dad? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like oh my I'm just talking a lot today. So thank you audience. <laughs> All right. Can, well, okay. anyway, All right. We're going to wrap it up today. Um, Thank you so much for these words of wisdom, Mary. I know I have a plan now. I hope our listeners do. This is important to our self-stewardship. And just remember, you can find our podcast on all podcast channels, Becoming Well. We'd also love to hear from you, your questions, your comments. Uh, Leave us a five-star review five stars and send us an email becoming well at moody.edu you can also find us on our website becoming well god bless thanks for listening